0: Speak to.
1: Them. They are who we thought they were.
0: And we let them off the well, hook. I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left, 372 wide sticks.
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
0: Well, i am I going to go to college? I'll just play football.
2: 106 days. From right now, it'll be August the 31st. Buddy, that's going to get here quick, and you know it. That's going to get here quick, and you know it. 106 days from right now to be August the 31st. August the 31st is the day that State will play... Louisiana, who does Ole Miss open up with? Y'all help me out. Do they play that game this year against, like, Louisville or somebody out in Atlanta? Is this the year they do that? I'll look it up. Anyway, State, Ole Miss, Southern Miss all open the season, the college football season, that is, 106 days from right now. That will be here quick. I'm Matt. I'm in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go. With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau. Local agents, competitive rates, fast and friendly service at Farm Bureau. Show also stays connected to you around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Matt texted to the text line and says, what happens to Keton now? Yeah, listen, I, I'm just telling you. You know, if you're writing Keton off, I think it's a mistake. Um, you have to have depth at that position. You got to have more than one guy you're comfortable at playing. Injuries are going to happen when they don't. You're lucky, sort of thing. I, I see it as a competition deal, a strength in your team, raise the competition level at quarterback, absolutely. Um, Yes, transfers happen all the time at at quarterback. I understand that. You know, they've got a young guy who's probably the most talented in the bunch and Garrett Schrader, but he's young, a ways away from playing. I see it as a competition thing. I I can't imagine in reality there being any situation where, okay, Tommy Stevens from Penn State's transferring into Mississippi State. Therefore, you hand him the keys to the offense and it's his and you just walk away. Look. That's just not reality. In fact, I would almost bet that if you looked at the numbers of transfer one-year quarterbacks in the Power Five around college football, there's going to be very, very few of them who do actually go in and have a major impact. Now, if you're a state fan, I'm not trying to pour water on it. I'm telling you, you hope it does have a major impact. Sure, absolutely you do. But it's not a guarantee. It's great to get a transfer with experience, somebody who knows the offense and a a history with Joe Moorhead. Yes. The advantage that I see is that going into the summer and into fall camp, it injects some real, sure enough, heated competition at the quarterback position. And that's going to make somebody better. It should anyway. It does not necessarily mean it's going to be Stevens coming out of it with the job. He might but I think Keaton, it could help him in a big way too. Whoever comes out of that competition will be better for it. All right, more to go uh, on the baseball front, as promised. 24 runs? Yeah, it looked like a football score. There's your segue. We're talking football. We had a football score last night on the baseball diamond. 24-7, Mississippi State beats South Carolina. Bart Gregory was on the call. Play-by-play man for the SEC Network+. Plus. Bart, you get a homer. I get a homer. Everybody gets a homer last night. Apparently, huh? The ball was flying out of there.
0: Yeah, ball was ball was well struck all night last night. I mean, that was the thing about it. It kind of came in bunches. You know, Carolina led two to nothing going to the bottom of the third, and then uh, State scored four with just one hit in the third, and then it was off of the races and really got everything going. I mean, this thing right now. Offensively is really in full swing. and you know I had a chance to talk to Lane Burroughs, the head coach of Louisiana Tech, after the game Tuesday night. And you know Lane says it's one thing to, to watch a team on tapes; it's another thing to get a scouting report. And he said, but it's a completely different thing to sit in the dugout and and uh, and watch your pitchers try to navigate that lineup. And he says that's he says I can't recall a time as a coach where I've I've had to try to navigate. You know, with pitcher through that type of lineup, he says, you know, Gilbert in the ninth spot really brings you a guy that's got some pop. And when he's hitting the ball as well as he is right now, you get no breaks. And that's, you just kind of feel overwhelmed as a pitcher out there because you know you don't have anybody that you can try to pitch around. Yeah. Uh, and then you go back and start it all over with Mangum at the top of the order. So it's, uh, this is a team offensively that's kind of, kind of coming into its own right now uh, here's the thing what's crazy is we still haven't had that 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 weekend and that night where you've got six or seven guys hot i mean it's that that's why this team has been really good all year long because they may have two guys hot at one time two guys hot at another yeah and and you feel like you can really put some things together but uh yeah, you're. You, you, that's the positive. Is you still haven't had that output, even though we had 24 last night, where you've got everybody just smashing the ball.
2: Yeah. What would you think about Hatcher in right field? How do he look?
0: Well, he looked looked okay. Really didn't have that many opportunities in right field, you know, per se, from a defensive standpoint. But getting his bat in the lineup, he's really, you know, had some good swings when he's been in there. You uh, made a great play at Ole Miss last week, and in, in the uh, the Sunday game, so he looked good out there. Um, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what state election do the rest of the weekend. Of course, you know uh, Carolina going to go with a right hander tonight, and so you'll probably see Hatcher back out there in right field, which is a good thing. And If they came with a lefty, what does that what does that do with Craig Tumbas who hit his first career home run last night? And so that's the good thing about a guy like Hatcher and guys like Tumbas with McNamee out over the next couple of weeks. You know, it really gives you some options in right field.
2: Sure does. Bart Gregory on your radio uh, right now. You know, with this team, Bart, offensively, it's like you've never, you've you've always had. Seems like throughout the year, one or two guys that might have at any particular time a little bit of a not slump, but just kind of sag. You know, you kind of look at the ball off the bat of Westberg. You know, he hit one really hard last night, but for the most part, last few weeks he'd kind of struggled a little bit, scuffled. But the guy in the lineup right next to him, Tanner Allen. Got hot as a firecracker. He can't miss one in the last five, six ball games. It, it, you just really have never had that time other than the Arkansas series, where the whole team went up there and just didn't put the bat on the ball. You know, it's like somebody always yeah. picks up the slack.
0: Exactly. That was really the one time all year that that you look at, and you know, everybody went cold all at one time. You know, you know, Tanner had a tough time in in the month of March, and then Westburg was right there. You know. Mangum has not hit the ball great over the last couple of weeks and you know, but you still got Westberg and Tanner Allen right behind you. You mm-hmm. know, back me it went through a dry spell as well over Texas A and M, but he came back and he hit the ball well last weekend. So, I mean, that's that's the thing. To me, with you guys, you got guys down in the six, seven, eight spots near order that are really, really you know, picking up some slack too. Because, you know, even if you've got Skelton, and that's what I was talking to Elaine about is you know, even if these guys are not getting three hits a game, you still got to pitch to them. You still got to worry about them because Skelton has the ability to run a ball out of the yard. Uh, you got other guys, that, you know, they, and a Gilbert that can hit a home run. Rowdy Jordan is is, is really, you know, heating mm-hmm. up and getting better as the season is going on. has just been solid all year. So you just got enough guys in there that can pick up the slack and. And, hey, when you've got a guy like Ethan Small on the mound, I mean, Ethan went five innings last night, gave up two runs on three hits. And, you know, you're sitting there saying, well, he wasn't as sharp as he normally is. He didn't have his best stuff. But at the <laughs> end of the day, he gave up two runs on three hits and five innings. And when you've got an offense like this, it just kind of overwhelms teams a little bit. Now, does that carry over to the night tech? No. So, I mean, we mm-hmm. may have a one nothing game with a solo home run in the eighth inning. But that's the thing about the game of baseball. But right now, this team's pitching it well enough at the top end. And then you know, getting enough offense. I mean, this is a this is a legit contender right now, and you got to really like the way this team's playing.
2: Yep. I said it earlier in the show. I, it, I mean, it's not. I'm not trying to make a prediction, but you know, in years past, some of those miraculous teams that state has had make those runs in Omaha, thirteen deep run. They're in a championship series against UCLA last year. The the deep run. They're about a game away. Um, miraculous type teams that a lot of people would have been surprised if they won the national title. This this team, Bart, honestly, they could win it, and I don't think I would be surprised if they win it all. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, and, and that's the thing about baseball. You just brought up the, the best point. It's, it's about getting hot at the right time because, I mean, I think if you look around and you look at Mississippi State teams in the past and teams across the country, yeah, you know, they say they have talented teams. I mean, there was a lot of talented Florida teams in there that, that didn't get a chance to win a national championship. And they were probably the best teams in the country at the time. Yeah, you know, I look back at the thirteen team; we we kind of got hot at the right time. The twelve team, it got hot in the SEC tournament. But you look at that twelve team that had all that talent, eight major leaguers on that team, and uh, you know didn't make it out of a regional. That's that's the great thing about the game of baseball. It's not it's not like football and it's not like basketball where Traditionally, if you out athlete people, you are going to win. You know, baseball is a different breed. It's a different sport because it's all dependent upon the matchup. So, what that guy on the bump brings to you and, and how he's pitching that day. And so, baseball is a completely different sport because that's that's the thing about it that you can get neutralized in a hurry. Yeah. So man, I tell you what, I really, really like this lineup.
2: Yeah. Bart Gregory on your radio. Bart, um, maybe it's too early to talk about it. Not really, though what's well, a ticket situation like for fans that like if they're sitting there right now and they go, well, obviously it's not announced that we're going to host, but we're going to host and, and maybe even, you know, be a, a national seed with the hopes of hosting a super regional. The fans have to kind of wait until that, uh, that selection day to be able to grab some tickets. Is there ways to kind of go ahead and get in position to make sure they have tickets? Cause they're going to go pretty fast.
0: Yeah, you know, season ticket holders, you know, were sent an email and have the opportunity of renewing their seats. That's the first, you know, step of the process. And so that's kind of what we're going through right now is that renewal phase. And we're right here at the end of it. That's the, that's the tough thing about when you've got to have such a quick turnaround and, and you're selling a, a mass volume of tickets. You've got to have a quick turnaround. And so that right now is, you know, if you're a season ticket holder that's listing right now and you have chair-back seats and you're trying to figure it out, hey, you know, we got to know something really quick. And that, so after that, that's the first step in the process is, you know, seeing what you have to work with. Uh, but the, you know, the initial phase, making sure the season ticket holders that, that have chair back seats are, are taken care of and, uh, you know, make sure we can go from there. That, that's the first thing. And then, um, you know, as that selection is made, you know, then we'll, then we'll start filling in and, and, and making it happen. So, yeah. um, because here's the deal you, you get the announcement on a Monday, which is Memorial Day. And then you know you're playing baseball on Friday, and so that's that's the thing about baseball is, man, you gotta you gotta pop it, turn it around in a hurry. And uh, you know it's not like we're trying to sell you know two thousand tickets to fill up a small stadium. That's a great and that's a great problem to have, man. I'm telling you, there's, there's a lot of people in the country that would would love to have this situation right now. And you know we're we're really blessed with a great base and a great fan support.
2: Sure. And and on that note, Bart, this actually came up on yesterday's show and. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. We were just curious, though, with the new stadium and the way the, the capacity was, what we found was that it may be listed as like 13,000 seats, but they feel like with the outfield the way it is, you actually get more people in their total capacity if it's full. Like, you know, we look at these attendance records of 15,000 plus, even though there's there are 13-something thousand seats they're saying that if it's full and like it will be for a regional, there will be more than probably 15,000 people in there. Are we thinking on that uh, along the, the right lines?
0: Well, yeah, I think what we're thinking about is it's going to be crazy and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, there's going to be, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, a boatload of people here and um, you know, it make it the best atmosphere in college baseball. And we We've had some great crowds this year. We've had some really good crowds here. You know, you're playing a top five team and you have a new stadium and so many different things kind of coming together at one time. You're, that's the positive is you're kind of used to it. You're used to the big crowds. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have some, 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 you know, some, some high volume crowds for regionals, but, uh, um, yeah. And that's yeah. the good thing is you kind of know, no matter what happens now, you're, 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 <laughs> you're probably going to be hosting. That's and right. so it's uh it's it's going to be a lot a lot of fun. It's going to be an event. That's the mm-hmm. great thing. You can't you can't get it captured sitting on your couch watching the watching the event like you can. You know, being at the ballpark for this regional.
2: You know, what I think is cool too, Bart. Is I think about the three teams that are coming in there for a regional also, and their fans, because you know with the structure, only one team can get out of a regional, so that means. In every regional, there are three teams that are going home that don't go to Omaha, that are not going to have that experience. And frankly, a full um, duty Noble field and that atmosphere for the players and the fans of the other three teams that are going to come in there, it's going to be the closest thing to Omaha short of getting there, you know?
0: Well, it is, it's different when it, when you're playing uh, when you're playing on someone else's home field. It's a little bit rowdier crowd, you know. Hey, not to take nothing away from Omaha because that's the unbelievable experience, that's the pinnacle. But you've got twenty five thousand people in Omaha, and you have know, fifteen thousand don't care who's who's winning or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean you've right. got you got a bunch of different fan bases that are there. Here you've got you know fifteen thousand people, and you know who they want to win, and so that's what makes it. That's what makes it fun for everybody. And I'll tell you what it does. I think it elevates everybody's play. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, it's uh, it's a couple of weeks away. we got to play, you know, the rest of the weekend. South Carolina uh, you know, should have a pretty good environment to play in tonight. Should have a really good environment to play in tomorrow. And uh, so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun this season to, to jump up in that booth and kind of take it all in. And yeah. it feels like you're going to a major league ballpark every night.
2: No doubt. Well, and I'll, I'll be glad to be back in there with you uh, tonight. It's been a Man, while. Yeah, you know the last time I was there, you had some boiled peanuts. They were really, really good. You had you had prepared them yourself. Big old big yeah no, peanuts.
0: Big old I put garlic salt on those babies. They were really, really good. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I don't have time to do that today. So I don't have anything cooked or anything. <laughs> but I need you. To, I need you when you get off the radio. I need you to go home and uh, you know you guys. Mm-hmm. You guys prepare something head of Beth, Y'all you know, get something together and bring
2: mm-hmm. on down. I hope you like the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, Bart, because <laughs> that's where I'm headed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, I'll see you tonight. Thank Bad, you. Yeah.
1: Sounds good.
0: We'll see you later on, man. Okay,
2: thank you, y'all. That's Bart Gregory. Y'all follow him on Twitter, at Bart Gregory. He is play-by-play for SEC Network Plus. He's also uh, uh, one of the uh, staff members on the Bulldog Club there. <clears throat> Um, but he'll be in there tonight and then tomorrow also. Again, I I haven't looked ahead at the forecast. I don't think there's any weather that is supposed to affect anything, but, uh, I mean, it it always could pop up. The temperature's getting on up there like they are now, finally starting to feel a little bit like summer over the next few days. But you should be fine. And tonight, 6.30 is the scheduled first pitch for state South Carolina game two. Uh, Tomorrow on Saturday, I believe it is scheduled for a, what is it, 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock? I think it's 2 o'clock. Just give me a minute I'll look it up here for you, make sure. But tonight, 6.30. Yeah, tomorrow, a 1 o'clock first pitch on Saturday. I believe you have 6.30 tonight uh, start time for Ole Miss at Tennessee game two. Yeah, it's 6.30, but that's Eastern. So keep in mind, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you want to watch or listen to that game, that'll be a 5.30 Central time first pitch on that one. 5.30 Central first pitch on that game. And so tomorrow, the final game of the Tennessee Ole Miss series is actually scheduled for noon Eastern on Saturday. So it'll be 11 a.m. start around here. Early, early baseball uh, for that one. Yeah, and the situation, again, is this. Ole Miss is sitting in a spot now where they're they're just – they're likely not going to host. Likely strong. Feel strong about that. Given – swept at home by State last week. Lost in the midweek at Arkansas State. You know, so – that it's pretty much out the window now that you go and you get shut out in game one at Tennessee. The best that Ole Miss could do would be to pick up two wins there and going two and, what, five in the final week and a half of the season would just not do it uh, for them. They were, they were outside of the top 14, 15 in the RPI anyway going into that. If you want to look at the most updated RPI rankings in college baseball, Warren Nolan respected in terms of how it tracks it. It's just the formula. It's there. They have Ole Miss, after last night's loss, having dropped down to number 30 in the RPI. You know, again, it's hard to say anything Definitively at this point about what the RPI is and isn't going to do because you get in a tournament like the SEC tournament for Ole Miss, if you win a bunch of games there, everybody you play is going to be pretty decent RPI, especially the ones you'd play later in that one. And they're all neutral site, which also is a benefit in terms of the RPI ranking. But still, sitting there at 30... <laughs> in the RPI on the last weekend of the regular season that is a really steep hill to climb for Ole Miss if they wanted to try to get in the top 14 15 and be a host. State on the other hand is just fine. They're 44 and 10 now and they're at number 3 in the RPI. UCLA is 2 and Vanderbilt at uh, at uh, number 1. Southern Miss is sitting there at 49 in the RPI. They need to win these games against UAB today and tomorrow. They really do. I mean, if you're Southern Miss, you want to drop down there in that 60 something in the RPI. You don't want that. So they need to win these games against UAB. Pretty important uh, for them. I get your phone calls, texts next. And if you don't know the number, I'll give it to you. So stick around here in the Foreign Bureau studio.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Let's go. Continuing on here, connected to you because of CSpire, the number one network in Mississippi. CSpire, customer inspired. How about this on the text line from Rebel One? Now I didn't type his name in there as Rebel One. He or she um, called themselves Rebel One because pretty much all the texts sign off with that. So somebody put it in there as this is. Rebel one. It says, Hey Matt, you thinking about making a wager on the dogs to win it all? And he says, I am. So I need to know more details. Are you saying wagering? You're going to go and wager that they are going to win the college world series. Or are you going to wager that they aren't? I mean, on its surface, we'd always think that somebody who's rebel one wouldn't bet on state to win it. So is that what you're saying? You just said,
1: "Hey, man." Read the earlier text. Uh, he, he might be a. He seems to be a, quite a, a gambler. Okay. Yeah. So horse racing.
2: He, t- <laughs> he he's gambling on that.
1: <laughs> he's gonna put a hundred on Georgia to win the national championship. Oh, is he? Yeah. So, Rebel One, if you're a
2: gambler, let me know what kind of specifically you're saying are you saying okay you said hey matt you thinking about making a wager on the dogs to win it all and then he says i am like he's gonna wager that they're going to win it all they're certainly as hot as anybody in the country right now and pitching it really well i mean vandy and ucla really good and you know it's like very seldom do the top two or three teams that have been riding at the top all year long, wind up actually winning the whole thing. Usually it's somebody who comes from the back of the pack. Not back, but, you know, that four, five, six seed out in Omaha. Something like that. What I said earlier in the show is this is a team for State who, like, not only are they legitimate contenders to get to Omaha and possibly win it. They're actually, right now, they look like one of the favorites. That's what they look like. They look like one of the favorites to win the national title in college baseball. They look like a team to me that not only has that it factor, whether it's leadership or guts or however you quantify that, you know, they look to have that it factor, but they also have all the talent and the bats and the speed and the, pitching and the depth to go with it they're bringing guys off the bench last night who are hitting balls out of that yard off the bench landon jordan goes in goes three for three with a home run off the bench brad Cumbus goes in there and hits a three-run home run to dead center field yeah it's um and they just they just look like they have everything really So, you know, I don't gamble. I don't know enough about it. I'm terrible with numbers. I hate math. Hate it. Despise it. I genuinely, as a, I'm just telling you, in my heart of hearts, I hate money. I hate the fact that I need it. (laughs) I hate the fact that I want it. About half the time when I spend it, I don't like spending it. I hate everything about it. I hate dealing with it, counting it, depending on it, all of it. If I could figure out a way to live up in a tree and eat bugs and not need money, I might think about it. (laughs) I just hate it. So I don't gamble. Like the thought of me working hard and sweating, you know, and actually working hard for, even fifty bucks and just lighting it on fire. <laughs> I can't take it. That was, I would lose sleep over that. <laughs> I just can't take it. It's always been too hard to come by to be just lighting it on fire. So I don't gamble. But if I did, I'd feel pretty good about taking a few hundred dollars and betting it on Mississippi State to win the national title in baseball. I would. So, Rebel One, what are you? You're the more experienced gambler. Are you going to bet on them or against them? That's what I want to know.
1: I read it to say he's thinking about doing it.
2: That's what I read. Also, It reads to me like you know—that's what he does.
1: If you look up earlier, he puts he he predict he projects. Yeah, way out.
2: But you know, I gotta say, it's just. We also – one thing that I have, it's not a brag at all because it ain't because I did anything. I've just always had this ability, especially as a media person, to kind of step back and go umbrella picture and keep in mind and keep a perspective on past things and keep all the emotion in check. I think part of that, too, is a result of having – I played so much sports, you know, all my life that – You develop this way of you keep your emotions in check. You never get too high. You never get too low. And so you take the emotional part out of it, and I can go, well, look, last year people were saying the same thing about this Ole Miss team. They were. Think about it. This time last year, what was Ole Miss doing? They were dominant on the mound. They were not going to cover off the ball. They sprinted their way to the regular season SEC championship. They followed that up. They followed it up and went and won the SEC tournament championship. So they win the regular season and the SEC tournament. The best team in the SEC in the regular season and at the SEC tournament. And they're hosting. Weren't they a national seed last year? Yes. And and didn't get out of their own regional at home, lost to Tennessee Tech. And that was a really good Tennessee Tech who could flat out hit the baseball. They were one of the best hitting teams all year long in the country. It was a really kind of a bad draw, you felt like, for Ole Miss in terms of hosting. But it was a team not from a power conference that's just loaded with veteran players who could flat hit. And they went in there and silenced the crowd in Oxford and won that regional. Went out to Texas and actually, you know, played pretty well at Texas. Just didn't win it. So we've got the immediate experience of one of the teams in the state kind of in the same position, dominant. You know, I think about that 2016 team that had Dakota Hudson at Mississippi State as their ace. Hudson was dominant all year long, throwing four pitches, fastball at 96. He's throwing a cutter at 91. I mean, and, and all year, they looked great. Cruise to the regular season SEC championship, it felt like. And they're hosting a regional. Now they're hosting a super regional. After winning the regional, you're like, they, they're going to beat Arizona two out of three at home. Well, no, Arizona came in there and won two games. So, you know, in the recent years when State's gone to the College World Series, they've done it not in their own ballpark on the road for regionals and super regionals. So it's just, you know, it's it's hard to guarantee anything. All that said, y'all hang in there on the technical issues that we can do about it. All that said, it just looks like a team – who um, is so good that it's really going to be tough for somebody to go in there in Starkville and keep this team out of Omaha. That's really the way it looks. Question from Dog Gone on the text line. What's a riskier bet, State winning a national in baseball or Ole Miss making it to Omaha? I'm just telling you right now, if Ole Miss were to turn it around and get hot on the road in a regional, super regional, and hit their way to Omaha, it would not surprise me. you got a team that's loaded with the number one recruiting class from a few years ago, and all it takes is two weeks getting hot at the plate, and they can beat anybody. (laughs) It's true. Telling you it's true. We'll finish it up next. Y'all hanging there with me. I appreciate it here in the Farm Bureau Studio. See ya.
0: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
2: Back on the show. In the Farm Bureau studio, phone lines are open to you. Give me a call on the Davini Equipment phone, 995-1059, 995-1059. Hey, um, the, I heard an interesting promo there for uh, the drive in the afternoons with Jake Wimberley. Yeah. Uh, on 1059 The Zone, WRKS. He was talking about. Yeah, did you hear it right there about Mullen and Georgia and Florida?
1: Yeah, don't get too excited, Florida.
2: Yeah, so he said, he said, like, you know, Mullin's not. I think the the punchline on it was Mullen is not going to take Florida and like leapfrog Georgia and just get on top of Georgia and pound him. And. You know, I think that's true as long as Kirby Smart is at Georgia and recruiting the way that he is. It's an interesting take. And I had Jake on my mind anyway because I thought I'd be interested to tune in this afternoon and hear what kind of what he thinks about Tommy Stevens, the Penn State quarterback, now officially transferring to Mississippi State. I know it's been rumored and talked about leading up to this, but he officially confirmed it. Um, <clears throat> how that's going to affect you know, a team because everybody likes Keeton. You know, I just don't think it's an it's a thing, a situation of hey, you're bringing somebody in to immediately jerk the rug out from under one guy's feet and place the other one on a pedestal. That's just not the situation. This is a deal where you got a guy coming in who's going to jump in the competition and have an opportunity maybe. But the competition's going to ratchet up, but I don't think it means that Keaton Thompson is not going to be your quarterback. I don't think that. You don't think assurances were given? No, I don't That's think good. assurances were given.
1: If they were, it's a bad move. you. you sh- well, maybe he's coming in more to kind of help get everybody on Colmo's wave link there with his offense. Well, he's got
2: one year left, and and look, the thing about it is, Morehead is such a likable guy. He's just fun to be around, fun to play for. I can understand too that if you got one year and you want to be a coach. You already have this relationship. You go spend that last year with him. Um, but I, I don't think this is a situation where it goes in there and there's an assurance that he's going to get the job. They've, they've got to compete for it. The transfer with assurances thing very seldom works out. There's another quarterback transfer in the SEC. Malik Willis, backup QB, was the backup QB, but in the competition there at Auburn, uh, is in the transfer portal. It. All signs are pointing towards a true freshman starting QB at Auburn named Bo Nix. He is the son of Patrick Nix, the former Auburn QB. And uh, all world, all signs are pointing towards this freshman getting the job. And another sign would be this other QB transferring out now, Malik Willis. It looks like he may leave Auburn. But, yeah, I'm interested to hear what Jake
1: may say uh, this afternoon, about that. Hey, did you hear about the, the fellow that used to have a show here about this time? No. Got him a new job? No. How Mummy. Oh, really? X, XFL Dallas offensive coordinator for Bob Stoops. Oh, cool. So he's going to be a coordinator in the
2: XFL. It's inaugural season. That's great. You said that interestingly. Inaugural. Yeah. <laughs> try, to, try to use all the letters. Because we always combine it and go inaugural, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's inaugural. You're probably right. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's, just, it's interesting. Um, yeah, that's cool.